Nerds Plus is a podcast coming to you from inside the News Hub newsroom. But the views expressed here don't necessarily reflect those of News Hub as a company. That's because, and I cannot stress this enough, the hosts of this podcast are terrible people. What's going on, nerds? Welcome along to another episode of Nerds Plus. Apologies for the lack of episode last week. You know, some life stuff got in the way, but we are back to our regularly scheduled programming and we'll be with you each and every week from now until forever. This week, I am joined by both Jordans, the entire Jordan spectrum, Mr. Jordan Tinney and Mr. Jordan Frost, and we talk Rambo Last Blood, Ad Astra, It's Chapter 2, as well as a smattering of Control, Greedfall, Borderlands 3, and Final Fantasy. Yes, there's a lot of media to catch up on, so let's not waste any more time and just get into it. Well, team, it's lovely to be back around the table. It's been a while. I know we've had some time off from our regular scheduled programming because fucking other shit got involved. Life you know, like happens, life, people. Other jobs that aren't talking about media, <laughs> the pets. But I am back here at the desk with the most powerful Jordans in the world, Mr. Jordan Tenney. Kia ora, everyone. And Mr. Jordan Frost. Hello, hello. And between us, we make a podcast. Here we, we go, team. There's been too much media to talk about, but we're going to talk about at least a little bit of it. <laughs> Let's start out with uh, the movie that both you and I saw mm. this mm. week, Jordan Tenney. Rambo Last Blood. Rambo Last Blood. What can you say about Rambo Last Blood? Okay, uh, in the first five minutes of Rambo Last Blood... Rambo outsmarts a flood on horseback, and that's pretty much all you need to know about that movie. It's it's exactly as ridiculous as you're imagining, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for better or worse, that movie is what you're expecting. And I went into yeah. it with quite low expectations, so those expectations were met. I loved parts of it but not that many parts there were a lot of moments where both you and I were laughing at some of the <laughs> exposition dialogue yeah, totally. <laughs> the some of the setups of just dad or oh, uncle john i need to go to university to study the things why do you spend so much time in the tunnels blacksmithing knives <laughs> why, do, why don't you want to stay here riding horses uncle john i have to go to university to do the learning because i'm a young person with friends who listen to rap music oh, i don't get that rap music i just like making swords and riding horses oh yeah. man i had a cut, heart cut to him literally blacksmithing <laughs> yes. a machete down in the tunnels oh, oh i had a hard time in the war remember that war i fought yeah. in i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up my PTSD again, yeah. everyone. So, yeah, all of that shit is in Rambo. Uh, there are de- The violence in it is, again, what you're expecting. Yeah, totally. um, so, I mean, generally, give me, before we kind of dig into the specifics on that, yeah. what, overall, what did you think, Jordan? I think the most interesting thing I walked away with was that it reminded me of, like, Hong Kong action films in terms of, like, the montage and exposition work. There was, like, one scene... <laughs> Where, if you recall it, it like panned over the grandmother twice from like a distance, and then it would pan over her, and then like change direction and pan back over her again. And I'm like, why are we getting this montage scene of her? And it has this music, you know, creeping up over the background. And I just thought to myself, this is so much exposition for a payoff that we don't even know will be worth it. Yeah, that's a good call. I. I've seen that comparison get done a few, made mm. a few times that it has that sort of Eastern flavor to it. Yeah. I guess it's because it's got, got the slightly campy feel to it. Yeah. Uh, 
Excuse me. Yeah, so, I mean, we should probably cover off before we uh, go too much further that <laughs> Rambo Last Blood covers uh, Rambo now living on a ranch, retired, uh, looking after his niece. I don't remember the plots of the other Rambo films, so I can't actually remember. <laughs> exactly. I know I loved Rambo as a kid, but I cannot remember it for the life of me. So I'm, I'm not just sh- to, He's just running from the bad guys and he has to kill them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that. So I'm, <laughs> I, imagine, I think that situation sort of mm. chilled out. And so the now bad he's. Guys have come to him this time right yeah so yeah that's what that's what my my probably my biggest problem with it is that the uh, the setup for obviously you need to get mm. to a situation where rambo has to kill a bunch of bad guys and the way they get there uh i mean i'm going to drop a little spoiler warning here but can, is it possible to spoil rambo it, really yeah. first day are you okay with this uh, I, spoiler I, warning. we were talked about it uh, but okay, you can't, no. can't spoil yeah you can't rambo. really so <laughs> His niece, you know, obviously gets kidnapped. Uh, and <laughs> that he, can't be a spoiler. Yeah. That's the plot, right? Exactly. And exactly. But what, what gets me is she gets set up. She's a super smart, young, mm. um, ambitious woman just going to university. Whatever, but yep. just acts in the most obviously stupid way because she needs to get captured so Rambo can come rescue her. Everyone acts in extremely stupid ways, even Rambo, just to get us to a point where he has to bunch of... Bunch of punch a bunch of bad guys yep. like there's a moment where she gets kidnapped and then Rambo sees it figures out where she is there's a whole bunch of gangsters that are holding her and he just walks up to a crowd <laughs> of them and is like give her, give her back and they're like no and he's like hmm didn't think this through and then they kick the shit out of him because there's that's like a hundred of them that's pretty badass though yeah it was badass but it's, it's like Finn was saying it's just so ridiculously stupid yeah he's supposed and, to be yeah. this amazing tactician mm, and you kind he? of you, you exp- yeah, they he, set it up that he's this amazing, he's this amazing soldier at and least tactician yeah. and oh, strategist he must have learned that since the last Rambo the movie? trauma just brought it back out of him right, again. Yeah. So. so and yeah it's just, so they do all these moments that only exist in the movie to set up a situation yeah. where because they, they they spend the first half of the movie telegraphing the fact that he's built all these tunnels underneath his home because he still can't get away from the war so he's more uncomfortable underground than now so the moment the movie starts you're like okay well we're going to get to a situation yeah. oh so this is the battleground this is the battleground <laughs> here's the battleground folks and we're going to have a battle here and so you you know exactly where the movie is going to go so almost all the time they spend not in that moment just mm. feels like they're filling in the clock yeah uh, when you do get to that moment, when you do get to the point where a bunch of bad guys are coming to attack him in his tunnels, it's pretty cool. Like, he, he makes a bunch it's of traps. probably some of the best action I'm going to see this year. It's yeah. actually really incredible. But that's the thing you were saying, is it's like 90% exposition for 10% payoff. It's like... Exactly. I well, I prefer because I do remember from the other Rambo films. At least they staggered that out a bit. There'd be mm. mo- moments of violence punctuated by some downtime or him, you know, trying to sort out his wounds or hiding or crafting some more stuff. Then back into the violence. It was paced a bit better. Whereas this one is this pretty much a slow burn, yeah. extreme violence credits. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Uh, I thought particularly that opening 10 minutes where they try and reintroduce Rambo as just this like rugged old cowboy-esque figure saving people from a flood was pretty fucking dumb. Like, the, the, literally there's the scene where these two cops are talking they're like, oh, this storm's coming in pretty hard. Yep, it's storming pretty hard out there. Good thing that no one's crazy enough to go riding in the storm. Wait, yeah. there's that one guy. Lightning, lightning flash, man on horseback rides into shot and you're like, Jesus Christ, 
really. So, yeah, that's about the level of ham-fistedness that the story gets told with. But overall, if you want to see Rambo kill a bunch of people, that'll happen. It'll just take a while to get there. But probably at the other end of the spectrum... Uh, you saw a film last night, Jordan mm. Tinney. What yep. was it? Uh, so it was Ad Astro, and it has been getting talked about on all the blimmin' critic circuits, hasn't it? All the blimmin' yeah. critic circuits. Uh, yeah. One day I'll be one of those critic people. So. But Ad Astro, it's a, it's an interesting piece. I know a lot of people want to compare it to the likes of Interstellar simply because it's big space travel. It's not containing itself to, you know, the moon or Mars. It goes to the edge of this the galaxy. This isn't your dad's space movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's an interesting yeah. thing. It's not your dad's space movie, but it's about your dad. Right. So it deals with these, you know, that we, you know, the children are the hopes and burdens of our parents. Um, and it does all this interesting stuff that sets up. I just remember getting to the end and I felt like incredibly lonely. And whether or not it was these depths of space that we had dealt with or these moments where um, Pitt is monologuing with himself just about what's occurring or what he's re-experiencing, I just got to the end and just felt so... Like, people were around me. I was just sitting there like... We are alone. Everything is ending. What is this life? What is world? I mean, that's yeah. just a Tuesday for me. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Wednesday, so that makes sense. But it's, yeah, it's incredible. The sound effects are just out of this world. Loosely plotting is Brad Pitt is sent to find his dad. Yeah, so Charlie his Jones. dad is involved with a project that sends him to the edge of the galaxy. To get away from the sun to look for planets, right? Something like that. So yeah, cool. More childhood trauma stories, but yeah. So Brad Pitt is then sent on a mission by Spacecom to go find his dad, and then it's this journey across the, the galaxy, and um, discovering, you know. What we assume is this project his father was supposed to do, but then it's really about Brad Pitt re-experiencing all these things that he thought he'd dealt with. A really amazing thing the film does is every now and then, um, because of what his job obviously is, he has to do a psyche eval. And so this film's also almost about therapy. It's like, hey, everyone, you should do therapy because it's really great. And it's like he has to relive all these different things every day so that he's actually mentally sound for the job he's sent on and then it creates that yeah Yeah. it creates this um you know we we start off with him quite stable he's this obviously amazing officer but then you know it steadily becomes more and more unstable as he explains what his his actual emotion and is at that point in time in terms of spectacle uh what are we talking hmm I think people are going to be wanting it to be a bit more magical than it is, but it isn't. It's because it's a lot more grounded. There's some pretty good sound science in there, um, which I actually found so intriguing. I was like, oh, okay, they're not going with like crazy I galaxy like that stuff. Because yeah. what I, I was, I'm reading a, re- a really good book at the moment called The Three Body Problem, and it's from a Chinese author. And I read an interview with a translator who made the point that in 
other cultures, there's a specific word and specific categories for science fiction and science fantasy. And I thought the distinction was interesting because he says that my mm. problem with Western science fiction is that you put things like Interstellar and Star Wars in the same section uh, in, <laughs> in a video store or whatever. What do like, you mean? The, Interstellar had lightsabers. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the idea, I like the idea of being like, well, the, there is science fiction and there is science fantasy. is probably yeah. one of the most accurate. Exactly. I'm like, that, that is. For the, science. Yeah, we, 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 we've thought through the science very carefully mm. and it's while these theoretical yeah it's exactly it's theoretical yeah. but it, just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it couldn't happen mm. whereas Star Wars you could put that's just that's cowboys in space yeah. like, yeah. and literal magic that literal mm. magic yeah, yeah exactly um, mm. but so yeah so is, is that the? would you put it close to interstellar yeah. in terms of the so like now that you pointed that out that's exactly what it is science fiction is something that's dictated by a lot of the laws of our world and it, it tries to follow that you know the way it deals with um, long distance travel in space is very sound and I, I enjoyed that a lot them actually doing that whereas you know you do think of like Star Wars as fantasy because they activate because it's space wizards some <laughs> kind of thing in their hyperdrive that sends them across space quickly Shh, <laughs> that, that, I I, my favourite bit is when all the stars turn into little lines because it's science I think it's midichlorians I think that's what they use <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put the midichlorians in the engine and it We're makes it go fast midichlorians if you just want something that will probably make you question a lot about what you need from yourself, about what your interactions with family are, and how space travel could affect people. It's, it's, oh, this, yeah. It's I just a, wanted space movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted space the movie, guys. I just guys. wanted to travel across the galaxy. Uh, I've seen it compared to Apocalypse Now quite a lot. Mm. Do you think that's a fair comparison? So Apocalypse Now, I've forgotten what that's about. I need to rewatch it. Oh, Jordan, 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 <laughs> Jordan. It's Teddy. one of those films I've watched. Um, I've just so forgotten. Apoc- Apocalypse Now is Martin Sheen getting mm. sent up the river to kill Colonel Kurtz, yeah. uh, who is Marlon Brando's character. But mm. Apocalypse Now is all about what power does to a person and how the ends justify the means. No, nah, this isn't about power. It's not about power. Nah. It's not. About, but it's not about corruption no, of a person. It's, it's. Is it more like two thousand and one? Yeah, more actually, like, it's, it's a little philosophical, yeah. like a bit more inward facing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a, um, a a line delivered at the end of the film that when when it was said, just absolutely floored me. Like my friend who I went with, he said when that line was said, he saw me just react with a giant guffaw, like. <gasps> A giant go for Okay, now you've, yeah. you've sold me. I am very keen to watch this it was, now. It was just, yeah, it's intense. It's intense. So it's a the, lot. Yeah. The loneliness still feels like it's dragging on me at the moment. I'm like, I know I'm still here right now, but are we like, are there more things? <laughs> well, out I mean, there? I guess for a film set in space, that's probably the exact thing that you want to get yeah. across. Right? I mean, well, it's an, it's an interesting thing to explore, I should say, because yeah. I like I like it when people make space terrifying but not mm. just for the usual ways of, oh yeah. it could kill you very easily yeah, this but is the, the idea terrifying. of making you feel tiny and insignificant yeah. and that kind of cosmic terror that it can conceivable how big it is yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. The, the, the horror of scale in yeah. space yeah, yeah. and uh, make sure if you do go like you're not one of those people who's accidentally worrying too much about like a lot of silent sections because there are a lot of silent so it's very slow right it's not in like that standard manner where it's like Oh, another slow low. It'll yeah. just be like we have this, you know, developing story, and then it'll just be silence. And it's just used right. to reinforce, you know, as you were saying, that infinite space. Um, but it's so funny because when it goes silence, of course, you're just sitting there. It's like, who's going to cough? Who's going to cough? 
because always one person. And yeah. thankfully, most people were fine, but there was a section towards the end. It's, it's like, it just went in silent. And then you just hear this. <laughs> I was just like, come on. I can, imagine, uh, yeah, I can imagine this is not a good one to watch uh, on like a Tuesday cheap night at event cinema where to people honest, are just like smashing popcorn honest, and talking that, through it. That reminds me of my favorite experience of watching the movie was, uh, uh, what was the movie? Quiet? A quiet, a quiet place. Quiet place. Quiet place, yeah. Quiet place was my f- like most favorite experience because it was literally like that. Like, I, I bought like shapes, right? And I hadn't <laughs> opened them yet. And I was just sitting there like, Oh, can some sound please yeah. start? And that was like that. No one. Yeah. It was like a packed thing, and no one was making a sound yep. until obviously that the part where it's loud again. Like like yeah. very quickly, I quickly opened my shapes, shapes, and then I got a couple out, and then it went silent again. I was like, "Fuck, God damn it! Now I need to wait to eat these. I can't eat these now." But like the whole audience was doing that as mm. well. Because I love enforced. I love it. Was a movie that enforced yeah. cinema etiquette for yeah. once. Um, that's pretty good. I, okay, I'm I'm down on Ed Astra. Uh, t- to talk about slightly more uh, traditional frightening fear, mm. uh, I mean, this has been out for a while, so we won't spend too much time on it, but we've both seen It, it Chapter 2. It Chapter 2. You may have seen, I gave it actually quite a good review on the News Hub website, but on a second viewing, mm. to be honest, my feelings on it have cooled. Interesting. So, so It Chapter 2, anyone who doesn't know, follows the Losers Club, uh, the adult version of the cast from the first film as they return to Derry for a final confrontation with Pennywise the Dancing Clown, Bill Skarsgård himself. Um... Yeah, I mean, the first film in this, mm. I really enjoyed. It's one of my favorite horror films in a long time. I just thought the first one did a really good job of sh- telling an adventure story with horror elements laying through it. It had the heart of a Stephen King story. This one has an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. I think the adult cast of The Child, they've done an yeah, amazing incredible. job. Mm-hmm. They're like, And I think... That's an, and they're not only for the adult cast of the the core characters, but the background characters as well. They they do this entire town of Derry so well. Where it falls over is, I think, the pacing of it. It's mm-hmm. two two hours forty five minutes long, way too long. Needed more time in the edit suite. Uh, and it, the whole thing should have been like a four hour movie, both parts. I, I actually disagree. Yeah. I think uh, I think it was a smart move to split them. But where I think that this one's pacing is off in part because they spend a lot of time cutting between the adult and younger cast, like reinforcing this, look how good our casting is, which works a little bit. But at the same time, I've got no time to get attached to these adult characters Mm. because comparatively they have so little screen time compared to the kids because the kids take up half of this movie as well. Which is what I wanted, to be honest, because the kids are such a good... The kids are yeah. great. So there's other reason for why it one was good. They are, but yeah. I think they had such a strong adult cast for this one, and I mm. did like the bits I got with them. But particularly characters like Bill Hader, who plays yeah. uh, Richie, older yeah. Richie, Richie Trashmouth, Richie Trashmouth, and he's so good. But if I had a bit more time to get invested in him as an adult, I think I would have connected more with the movie. Mm. But since they spent so much time being like, remember how cool he was when he was a kid? And I'm like, I know he was cool when he was a kid, yeah. but I've seen that movie. Like, and they also wanted to show off the de aging as well. Yeah, digital de aging of yeah. Finn Wolfhard. Like, yeah. It, he did have a slight plastic face, though. You some know? of them, some Fully. of them were. I was yeah. actually uh, there were po- probably plenty of times I was wondering, did they actually shoot that back in it one, or have they reshot that? Or they did they it. Did they they shot it at job. the same time. It was like yeah, they it was a mixture. So yeah. yeah, the majority they had from chapter one. Yeah, but then there were just moments that they had to had redo. to redo. Yeah, because yeah, kids grow up way too quickly. 
Yeah. Fucking kids. <laughs> God, they ruin everything. Kids yeah. ruin movies. Honestly. No, seriously, me and my brother have this thing that every time any characters in a movie have yeah. children, that franchise is fucked. Because every time you get child actors in, they just suck so often. Not in it. Except it is an exception. Except for a few Except yeah. for in, in, except for a few movies. Um The Mummy Two is the greatest example. Oh. The little yes. shitbag in the Mummy Two. I'm going to put on this bracelet that's key to the story. Except my dad's going to kick your Ass is literally a line yes. in it. I wanted to fucking punt that kid. I, I wanted don't to punt that fucking kid. The kid is the reason why that movie was bad. It, no, that movie was a goddamn masterpiece. Okay, <laughs> Brendan, was, Brendan Fraser. So bad. Rachel Vice jumped off after that film. Brendan Fraser uh, is a national treasure. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, with with uh, Chapter Two, you're right. Uh, with how I walked away from it, Chapter Two, I I want to see the supercut. I mm. want to see the two films spliced together to see how they tie Even in. Even then, though. The reason why I didn't like the movie at all mm. is because here's a plot reason to bring all the characters together. Yeah. Now let's immediately split them back up again and have them all have go through their own things together. Yeah. And so yeah. it was immediately from the start, it's like, hey, it's Mike. And then cut to the next guy. Hey, it's Mike. Cut to the next guy. Hey, it's Mike. It's like, okay, I get it. And then they did that again. And it's just, yeah, yeah like each individual like story that they had to go through. But... I had this discussion with Finn earlier. They didn't go through all of their arcs. Like some people went through their arcs, some people didn't, and I felt like it was pointless in even having an arc if they don't complete it. Yeah, yeah. And some I, of them I didn't. I know what you mean. I, I, my, I had a similar problem with the structure of it when there, there was a, without going to too many specifics, there was a point about a third of the way in where they say, okay, we all need to go split off individually, find uh, something our meaningful. Totems. Our totem. Our, yeah. Something meaningful. Very muddy, muddy plotting. Yeah. Uh, we need to find something specific to us in this town, which is basically just an excuse for everyone to have a little individual story and an encounter with Pennywise. But barely an, ac- barely barely an encounter what, with Pennywise. But that is what's frustrating about it, whereas in the first movie, everything, every scene built on the previous scene towards a logical conclusion, mm. the f- full middle third of this film you could kind of rearrange each scene and put them in any order. They don't flow into each other. They kind of just exist in isolation, and yeah. then they all appear together again and the, the, for the back end of the movie. So, yeah, I, I, what I did like is Pennywise is still very, very good. Like, Bill Skarsgård... He, Pennywise himself is barely in it, though. Why not? Yeah. Be, he's not in it as much as he should be, yeah. I agree. And um, also, they didn't... What is he? Is he a real clown? Is is what is the a, thing? He's a space thing. Well, he's a, yeah. he's a cosmic horror. Yeah. No, right? no, but Pennywise itself, not it. Oh, but we did Pennywise. Pennywise was from... Pennywise a real clown? Mm. And why is he a clown? And none of this law was established. Oh, oh well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, because they... no, because they had that scene with the female character, and she was like, "My father was a oh, was a clown in all that." Like, oh, we're no, getting that, somewhere. That, that, that's and then... all him. But that's all him. He he controls all of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. But why but is why he decided he end up to on a clown? call himself yeah. a dancing clown called because Pennywise? He, he, he did that because that was the easiest way to lure in children. And then he found it. And then he just and then it just amuses him after that. That's his yeah, favorite. They didn't, they didn't that's his favorite that. fault. They never explained. They need to explain that, right? I felt like I felt like they. I felt like to me they established that Pennywise. Pennywise was a real clown. At some point in either one or two, it felt like he was a real clown and he is the very, he's the scary thing. And then we learn later on that it's a cosmic thing that's yeah. come. And so it kind of then, so was he a real clown or is he just decided, like he just did some marketing and he's like, I'm going to market myself as a clown. <laughs> the target demo. So they enjoy They establish that pretty early on. They say he's not really a clown. He just wears that shape. Like, yeah, but it just mm. it felt like he was wearing 
a that's his real favorite. Clown. No, that's yeah. his favorite shape is the yeah. Pennywise, the clown. The, but but yeah. they, they establish that pretty. He's a shapeshifter, and he can choose to look like a clown. Or he can choose to look like whatever he wants. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I get where Frosty's coming from, though. It's like. Why though? Yeah, why, why though? is he a clown? Because yeah. that was the easiest way to attract yeah. children. Yeah. But he's bad at being a, a, a fun <laughs> clown. He's a very but, psychotic but no, clown. But that's the, it, 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 he does it for that initial, like with that that little yeah, girl, which I think is that great when uh, yeah. there's a great scene with a child who almost gets away, but he lures mm. her back. Oh, uh, yeah, but he yeah. lures her back by knowing something that he shouldn't know. That's what confuses me as well. He shouldn't know that he she's an outlier. Like, he, 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 he has basic telepathy, right? Because he knows right. what he knows what you're afraid of. He can sense yeah. your emotions. Yeah, he feeds on your fear. He feeds on your fear. Which and goes your back to the start of the movie. How come he ate those people? He, he doesn't just eat children. No, but the, the, that guy was the opposite of scared. He mm. he, he allowed it, the it's bully. It's not just it's not just fear that he feeds on. So he just literally eats people as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. Then why does he not just do that? Well, he does because children are his favorite, but he, yeah, he see, feeds on this, anything. I feel like none of this was explained. It but was they just talk <laughs> about this. In the, they talk about that in the in the first film as well. Is that the people disappear? Mm. People die in Derry, yeah. particularly children. Yeah. There's literally a line where they say like, mm. "People disappear and people die here ten times the national average." Yeah. but it's worse for children. Yeah, way yeah. worse. Like so, yeah, Pennywise has been feeding on people here forever. Mm. Yeah. And so it doesn't. It's not just kids, and it's not just fear. Okay. I feel like you need things really laid <laughs> no, out, no. black and white, Jordan. <laughs> but not this, Jordan. No, 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 no. no. That's Frosty, just, I should no, no, say, no. to avoid just, confusion. I feel like I feel like if they're going to go that far into the law with, and stopping right at the end, they might as well have gone the whole way. That's what I feel. No, like. I do agree with you there. I think because the rules break themselves constantly in that movie. Yeah, in both the, movies. the book is famously insane uh, in its climax, and I thought they tried to tiptoe around it by bringing in these cosmic horror elements mm. but I think they could have done a much better job of it but let's not get dragged down too far into the it hole because yeah. it's, it's otherwise we'll go around in well, circles the funny thing is what what else I think breaks rules is video games. So let's check out Level Hub. Oh my, what Level Hub? Hey, it's not Let's Go Gamers, but here we go. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so sorry, team. We're, we're going to get there eventually. We'll figure out how to do a fucking segue. I'm trying to think of a name. <laughs> Okay, well, video games. Uh, after that, just seamless segue that Finn we just passed did. out for a moment. I, there. Just, I just blacked <laughs> out. Um, we'll just quickly go over a couple of video games because we are up against the clock slightly on our record here. But the most recent release that I think would be worth talking about from my end would be Greedfall. I don't know if you guys have seen yeah. this. Yeah, interesting one. So this is from uh, Spiders, who are the guys who made Technomancer. <laughs> Come on. Famously name, troubled. Name their other famous games. Um, Bound by Flame was another one of theirs. Mm-hmm. Oh. And another one. Um, then I'm starting to run out. <laughs> yes. But it was also Focus Home Interactive, who are the okay. publishers, who are... What I like about these guys uh, is they, they did... <clears throat> they try and make interesting games. They don't always like succeed the, like in that. I well, they, they, they're, they're one of the few kind of like double A publishers, you know, yeah. like they're not, they, they exist in that mid bracket where they're not fully indie, but they're not uh, massive budget triple A. And there aren't that many people in that space anymore. And so yeah. they do have an interesting mix of being able to pursue more creative things with still a fair amount of resource, but not having to be beholden to the massive profit margins of a triple A title. Would you argue that control is in that market too, though? A, a little bit, yeah, I would. Yeah. And I think and they actually, do it better. Yes, oh, totally. Yeah. And that's what I say. I think control. Uh, but those are the two games I've been playing: is Greedfall and Control. And they're really interesting kind of study in contrast, in that they both try to do ambitious things, but Control carries it off a lot better than Greedfall does. Uh, so Greedfall is a 
quite unashamedly an attempt to recapture the kind of Bioware magic of a uh, the, the, the the art style is very Bioware the mechanics the old school still style RPG you create your character at the start it's all about your building your party character interactions they have weight for, uh, throughout the story you can romance your side characters you've got loyalty all different factions all that shit uh, it's sort of set a colonial era uh, in that aesthetic as well you play the son of a noble family who is, who is sent to colonize a, a magical island that's inhabit, inhabited by essentially elves. Uh, you have to manage the different factions. Do you dominate the, the magical natives uh, or do you work to liberate them or do you find some kind of path in between? And it touches on all of the evils of colonialism in a relatively interesting way, but it is just fundamentally quite ham-fisted. Like, what you're expecting is what you get. Yes, the the natives are very, very magical and in touch with nature, and the people who are coming are very religious and exploitative of the natural resources. Are they uh, gonna they're gonna rape the lands and yes, take all, all the trees? All and, of that, all yeah. of these things, and they they do try and layer a little bit of nuance into it, but it's not always that successful. And so narratively, big picture stuff, it's it's kind of just pulpy, but it's still fun. Like that's that's kind of tried and tested territory. I think it would have done better if some of the technical issues had been ironed out because, like I say, they're they're in this weird bracket of this mid tier of like double A. So there are moments that look fucking beautiful, and some of the cityscapes look gorgeous. But when you get a little bit closer to things. Stuff falls apart quite easily, just even in the facial animations. You know yeah. when you don't get the vision, the animation of someone's face quite right in a video game, and you're very aware of teeth <laughs> in their head. Like you just, the, the, it'll shift slightly, and you realize, oh, that's just a skin bag stretched over some teeth yeah, that are individually yeah. animated into someone's mouth. That's only because faces are all we look at. Yeah, and, and, and totally subtlety is impossible. And it's, it's just, like that. it's a bit of an uncanny valley situation of where they looked almost right but a little bit off. But and little things like. When when you go into battle, you've um, you've got a few lines of dialogue for each of your party members recorded, but oh, they trigger they repeat? every oh, single time. No. So literally every fight you get into, one of your characters will be like, a little bit of poison on my blade and away I go. Or And then the other one's just like, ah, a toast to my health and death to the others. They have these kind of corny, quippy lines. But I don't know why the fuck they didn't just trigger them every 10th encounter or something. Because literally, it, uh, by, I only played for a couple of hours last night, and by then I was like, I, if I hear this line one more goddamn time, I'm going to pull my fucking hair out. That's literally my experience with King of Hearts 3. Yeah. Uh, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Exactly. That, that sort of shit is just <laughs> everywhere in this game. And so oh, those little no. things, because that's not even a money thing, right? That's just like, you, you didn't play test this enough. Like, mm. you didn't. So that's frustrating. Um, Apparently there's a lot of invisible walls. Yeah, there's a lot invisible walls and just the they've done a good job uh, establishing a world and giving that world a feel but mechanically interacting with that world feels strange and also just you get a bit of that narrative dissonance of like for example I was they were saying oh go check out this warehouse there, there, you know there, there might be some people in there that you might be able to rescue uh, be careful though you know that that territory we don't own and then I just was like, okay, cool, walked past it, stepped over some arbitrary line that demarked this zone, and mm. then they were like, we're going to attack you, and then I murdered like 50 people, <laughs> and then 
after that, everyone was like, oh, that was bad. Tut, tut, you've lost one point of reputation with this faction. And I'm like, I just killed a fuck ton of people. <laughs> like, I'm literally stepping oh, over their well, corpses. They yeah, deserved oh, well. it. They did. And then they walk around it, and then some more guards just populate that section, and then they're just oh, standing no. having a casual conversation over the corpses of all of their friends. And mm. like, so those sort of narrative things clang. Again, I don't want to bag on it too much because it's trying to fill a space which I really want more games to fill of old school big RPGs that yeah. try and focus on character and narrative and stuff. Doesn't execute super well, but still, it's, it's a worthy thing. Uh, only other thing I'd touch on quick is Final Fantasy VIII Remaster is out, and oh, mwah, 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 mm. mwah, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. It's exactly <laughs> enough visual upgrades to make that game play like you remember it being, and mm. I think that's what a really good remaster should do, is not actually upscale anything too much. Just take away this, the hard edges so you don't have that shock factor of being like, oh, God, games have come a long way in this time. Uh, it's beautiful. It's still batshit insane. Final Fantasy VIII is a fucking famously weird game. Wait, this isn't the seven remake, eh? No, it's not seven, no. It's a remaster of Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I know. There's a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm no. having a wonderful time, mm. but Jordan Tenney, hit me with your game rhythm stick. Quickly, I'm just playing Borderlands 3 at the moment um, it's just Borderlands folks more guns more ground to cover don't, don't yeah, agree. yeah. yeah. Um, the one thing I agreed with and it wasn't until Finn pointed it out is just the, the humour and the dialogue is just wildly outdated it's just the more it gets into the game the more I'm just like uh yeah like the, the toilet stuff doesn't really like work anymore and the psycho bandits are still fun mainly because they don't talk they just say hey oh a lot uh, but i'm still just enjoying it a lot which is really interesting i think i just enjoy the grind the, uh, yeah is the, it, i mean the, the the thing for borderlands for me was always it's very fun shooting things yeah. with my gun so i can get more guns to shoot things and yeah. is that that loop and still good the, yeah the guns are just wildly stupid like i just got maybe a, you know a high tier gun for a mission um, last night and it has it was just an assault rifle but then its secondary mode was shooting four missiles mm. so I was like that's just a lot of fun uh, and yeah it's still it's, it's still a really good FPS game anyway um, I'm also playing Erica on PlayStation 4 which is like an FMV game come to life so we had FMVs so full motion video um, people if you didn't know what FMV is uh, full motion video was uh, the cinematics for most of the older like PlayStation 1 games and whatnot and Erica is that except you can play the FMV scenes which is kind of weird but it's not like what, the, how so what happens is it's you can kind of control the choice of the character so the choice of Erica um, it's not really point and click because point and click means the cinematic would stop and then you control that scene whereas this one you're kind of just directing the narrative um, and I didn't think it would be as engaging as it was but somehow it works and you're really intrigued by the mystery of whatever the story is you know something happens to her father suddenly we jump forward to her present day and we start on this weird adventure where she gets delivered a package that has a finger in it that sends her on a weird adventure. <laughs> so. Is there a bit of dissonance between the more live actiony stuff mm. and the and the more gameplay stuff? Like, because that was always my thing. It always seemed this style of yeah. game, which have been trying has, has, yeah. has tried to get off the ground for many years. Yeah. Like, it always just felt. Clangy, like didn't yep. those two two parts didn't gel? Is yeah. this the best gel? So I of those? did my test of it, and that way was actually just leaving the character with no choice selected because I wanted to see would the scene pause, would there be any kind of visible loop, um. But I just left the scene, and she just 
reacted in a way where it's like a person just thinking. So she's, you know, kind of just looking here and there, um, and, you know, pacing on the spot sort of. But she just waited. And I'm like, did they actually just film a scene where she maybe just stood there for like, it's like, we know players are probably going to just leave you for 10 minutes, so we just have to film this. Yeah, and that's what gets her, because a real person, it's, it's, it's a joke, right? It's a mm. meme yeah. of, if you get a real person to act like a video game character, it's funny, because yep. like video game characters do absurd things, uh, and have just have to pause for awkwardly long yeah. moments or walk into walls and stuff. So you don't get that, like it, it feels naturalistic, like the way they do yeah, it. Yeah, it just... I was waiting for the disconnect, but she was just waiting, and I'm like, "That's good." I mean, oh, I, I dig that. Yeah, it was really cool, and um, yeah, no, I'm I'm super interested to get back into that, but of course, Borderlands because looting and shooting. I mean, but you're a resident Borderlands expert, uh, oh, during first. Yeah, yeah, we've played all the games and all the DLCs, including pre sequel. Uh, Okay, so you, you're the person this game is aimed at. You yep. are the definition of the person they want to please, and are yep. you pleased? Uh, I'm pleased because the gameplay, I think, is the best so far. The sliding mechanic yeah. is very good. The Everything feels right. It feels like, an, an, like visually it's an updated version of Borderlands 2, and it's still got the charm of being a toon cell-shaded game, but it's like a high-def version of that, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, gameplay, gameplay loop is good. Uh, I've Unlike you, Jordan, I've gone like, fully in to the to the humor yeah. i've just decided to just just to let it happen and so i'm laughing at like half the stuff because it's just like basically like a reddit forum has written has <laughs> yes. written this story and so you just you just you guys can't through. see this at home but jordan just turned his cap around and damned while he said this <laughs> he, he just ash yeah. kitchened us <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm just gonna do a quick vape <laughs> um yeah, I, it's just it's just silly. Yeah, toilet humor. It's a really internet, cool internet. way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, and if you just accept that, you're gonna laugh a lot more at it. Um, otherwise, it's just a fun game. Like yeah. they're they've they're fun games. They've been fun games, and and they they go a little bit more hammy and interesting in the DLC. So I'm always gonna look forward to those as well. Like the D and D one for two was my favorite like DLC out of like for most video games ever because it's just like over the top fun silly narrative just really ridiculous things like all of a sudden you're talking to an NPC, then literally a dnd 20 d20 dice falls and blows i up. did love the, the dnd yeah. dlc for borderlands 2 i did fucking love yeah. like I, and i'm like looking forward for that kind of over the topness in yeah. three as well but what happened what's happening so far is this yeah this is about internet teens wanting to take over the world which it is, is a video <laughs> ass video game, you know. Like yeah, it's, it's just yeah. it is it's purity. Video games at its purity. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that, and it's not really going for like lofty ambitions of mm-hmm. storytelling or narrative or which it should form or function or anything. Yeah, but it, in a way that's perfect. It and is you've still got Mad Moxie, so you can't complain. And that's what you get out of the game is like, yeah, that's the thing is like, while I, I have these point of views on it, it's just fun. Like, yeah. it just entices you, and you just get in there and, and do it. Even if it is made by a weird pedo wizard, Randy Pitchford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which... I have nothing to say on that. Guys, I think that's actually going to do it for us now that we've hit Randy. How do you follow up on a pedo wizard? Uh, we are not having actually, we're not having a pitch section in this episode of the podcast, as I said. We, we know are, you miss it. We know you miss it, and we're going to have a spicy pitch for you next week. But thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for joining us again, Jordan Tenney. Thank you. Thank you for joining us again, Jordan thank Frost. You. Thank Thank you for listening. Thank you, Maggie Wicks, for allowing us to exist in the first place. Thank you to Ash Bastion for making us sound good. We'll be back again next week. See you, team. Woo!